You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayashikwa Didso. Do more, be the impact. A For The Now media production. Happy New Year. Oh, lovely. It's going to be fantastic 2023. You know, I'm, I always make New Year's resolution. I always make goals <laughs> for the new year. But uh, uh, someone was saying that, oh, I remember I was reading a book, that you shouldn't make any goals. You should make a new resolution. The chances of them, by February, people have gone off them or something. I don't know. There's a very poor, whatever, prognosis around new resolution, but I always make them. Yeah, um, I, I think it's good too. I mean, your new year's resolution last year in 2022 was um to start impactful billionaires so that i know and it happened it did happen yeah absolutely so here we are a year later on yeah so it's to continue it really because it's been it's been absolutely wonderful i've really enjoyed doing it really enjoyed doing it so i want to do that again and Um, i think you know this year really is predominantly about growing the impactful billionaires club as well as the podcast that's right yes it is yeah we need to yeah, really focus on that and um, getting more people to, uh, yeah, getting the club set up. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's really exciting. Actually, I'm quite excited about that. And uh, what else? I'm really excited about um, having new patrons and new trustees, sort of new energy coming into the charity, my charity work. And... Uh, so I've put my feelers out there for people who are interested. And I've yeah. got two, uh, so far I've got very uh, interesting people uh, who've uh, said they would like to be patrons because we've always had one patron and we can have up to five or six patrons. So, And also the trustees, we need to have some new trustees with new uh, skills. So that's one thing I'm really waiting for. And um, in terms of personally, I'm really looking forward to looking after myself myself better. Self-care is quite on top top of my agenda this year. And I think I've got some ideas how I'm going to do it. And not not fill up my diary and have nine meetings a day. That's that's one of those things. But yeah, I'm really going to have to really focus on that you know how I prioritize myself and I was thinking simple things like starting my work at 11 o'clock and in the morning I really do you know my sauna my walking my um swimming in the cold you know those kind of things just to do them in the morning and not have a nine o'clock meeting because that normally stops me because I I like to sleep you know normally up to 8 30 naturally I like to be, I get up naturally at 8.30. Some people wake up at five o'clock and they do all their self-care then before nine. I can right. never do that. I can never wake up at five o'clock. I'll be ill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm completely with you on that one. I, yeah. you know, rather work on than um, yeah. through the yeah. night, so to speak, than get yeah. up super, super yeah. early. Yeah. And that, that's when they say that you're either a lark or an owl, don't they? That's right. You know, I'm not really an, a morning person. Mm. So, you know, if I get up at 8.30, I'm good. I yeah. can do my self-care then. 
and then start the day about 11 o'clock you know four more meetings i'm just uh, yeah i'm just gonna be very strict about that because sometimes oh god especially when there's time difference in zimbabwe because eight o'clock in zimbabwe uh no eight o'clock in uk is 10 o'clock so they think oh god it's time for me to wake up and sometimes i've received calls at eight o'clock and it's really <laughs> It really disturbs my day. Every child deserves a loving family. And that is why I founded Banya Fostering, an independent provider in 1996. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. And um, I think, you know, if you can look after yourself, then you can look after yeah, more people as you like to do. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I just have to keep telling myself I need to look after myself so that I can continue doing my my bit to society if i'm not well everything sort of crumbles you know what i mean i can't look yeah. after some other people when i'm not well and i no. don't have to wait until i'm unwell you know what i mean to actually stop <laughs> and look after myself yeah i need to do some preventative work <laughs> absolutely i think it, it it's really important and obviously you know as i said you know you're you'll be um growing impactful billionaires as a club Mm. Um, and you know you are a group of like-minded individuals aren't you yes <laughs> definitely so aligned with our values and that's so so inspiring inspiring really because there's nothing more um I, I i call it so so destroying than working with people or being uh, doing something which is so un unaligned with your values i think that's yeah, yeah i wouldn't want to be in that space I'll no. just die. I'll slowly die. My soul will just slowly die if I have to do something I don't want to do. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm absolutely with you on that one. Um, yeah. and you know, as we've said before, you you've got some interesting alignments between all of your impactful billionaires in yeah. the different categories. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got, for example, in series one, you had. Wycliffe, didn't you? Um, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, and his um, his tree of light, basically, and giving for you know making sure that children would have some sort of education yes. by paying a pound. And yeah. then you've got on the other end of the scale, someone like um, Sir John Medeski, who you know has started his own school and a centre of reputation. Then, yes. Oh, he's so, yeah, he really is so driven by education, by education, and also wants to, um, you know, the center of reputation. He feels so strongly that your reputation is all, you know, it's almost like your health is, is your wealth, your reputation is your health. So, anyway, Keith Macmillan took up the mantle, and we set up, as I find out, we set up what's called the John Modeski Center for Reputation at Henley. Management. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yes. Well, it's now changed to Henley 
business school because I also during my time there, I was um, inaugurated as the Chancellor of the University of Reading. Mm. And then we amalgamated Henley Management College with uh, the University of Reading, and now it's called Henley Business School. Uh, yeah, oh, I really enjoyed interviewing him. Yeah. And, uh, great, yeah, great personality. And Wycliffe is really my inspiration, uh, young man. And, you know, really, you know, global mindset, Pan-African um, young man. Honestly, I, I see him as the president of Kenya one day. <laughs> it's just incredible. Incredible. Yeah, yeah no, he, he, he is incredible. And, yeah. you know, then you've got people like Leonor. Um, I yes. think that's series three, yeah. series four, wasn't it? Um, yes. Who yes. is, you know, she's instrumental good. to do with the Montessori school. So, mm. yeah, she's really... She seems to have really found a niche uh, in that and educating uh, people in a different way, Montessori way of working. And um, yeah, she, yeah she, she's the right person to lead that organization and she's yeah. really enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And Prince Louis as well, Prince I Louis. Know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, another young African leader uh, in the making and um, Sure. Oh, it's just so inspiring, and very much. Uh, you know, he's doing um, a campaign in the African universities to really become a center for excellency, to be the choice for the Africans to be educated there. I'm an international education consultant. I'm an education expert, mm -hmm. um, and my area of focus in most areas in most of the things that I do is higher education I also look at the area of culture like the intersection between education culture and society and so oh. for me it's really important to look at this from the higher education level to okay. basically understand how do we at an advanced level think about how education can be instrumental to building a sustainable society Although he himself did um, was educated with in um, um, in the UK, is it Sussex University, and that's where they got that idea from that. And he went back and oh, he's just doing great work in Africa. Yeah. I mean, then you had um, I mean, you know, you've done quite a lot. I know one of your focuses in you know life, so to speak, is that everybody needs a home. I mean, you've done quite a lot with social housing, haven't you? Yes, I've done a lot of social housing. It's just a basic human right, and for you not to have it, it's just so. I mean, I can't imagine it. Um, I mean, it's it's also started with uh, um, Wycliffe was was homeless three years old and i can't imagine a child being in the street it's just the idea of it because he became an orphan uh and uh, he had to, and he left the streets when he was 12. yeah and uh uh it's just oh, i can't imagine it and he had to survive that and it just builds up that level of resilience really and yeah. um but uh, social housing is my next thing, which uh, I'm working on. And um, I, I interviewed Matt about his uh, social house round table and to look at those issues. And I'm learning a lot uh, from that. 
And yet on the other side of it, I've got these round tables where I learn, um, I network, but more importantly, they are, they are really making change and they, yeah. are, mm. they are bringing people together mm. who, who want to make change themselves mm. um, for a sector which is brilliant and doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, that mm. round table is weekly. And they, 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 it brings up really what I call taboo subjects. See, the, the unspeakable <laughs> are discussed in those in those roundtable discussions yeah. um, about how people find themselves in that in the homeless and how a customer service once someone is in social housing. Oh, it, it brings up some very very interesting speakers to those roundtable mm. discussions. Very oh, very very. I mean, even, you know, with with Bronwyn as well, Fernkamp, she... Um, yeah, she set up the foundation. Mm. Yes, she did. And she's doing great work in... Um, funny enough, in um, Southampton is mainly where she she's doing it with local, uh, local authority and the housing associations. She gives her properties to the housing associations. And um, uh, domestic violence is a big one for her. Property isn't easy. Yes. But but we've we've been able to diversify a lot. Yes. Um, I'm picking up on your other point as well about, well, we, you then can help other people. Yes. Uh, we're actually providing guest house accommodation to people who have a housing need. So I have yes. street homeless and yes. we provide it for councils. Uh, she's also doing something in Zanzibar with the local oh. people around housing. Um, she found herself in Zanzibar during the lockdown, and I said, what a fantastic place to be locked down in. I'll do, I'll do anything to be locked down in, in Zanzibar. She could come back to, to to England for nearly 18 months or something. Really yeah. amazing, yeah. truly. Yeah. Um, and then you had Lady Renee Young as well, didn't you? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. she was really interested in what she's doing uh, around, really, it, it, it's similar things around housing and um, equipping the professionals within uh, the housing sector, uh, you know, to do the right thing around vulnerable people. Yeah. And also the issue about, you know, we could, uh, you know, there's a very thin line around being, you know, having that empathy that you could be hum homeless and people would think, oh, that would never happen to me. But you hear some very incredible stories about how people find themselves homeless. It just, for no fault of their own, it just circumstances just became. Yeah, no, you know, I know, yeah. That, that, that could easily be me. <laughs> it could um, easily be me. Yeah, I know, yeah. 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 It's, um, there's no particular, uh, whatever, background in which you, you find yourself homeless, honestly. <laughs> No. different backgrounds they find themselves homeless it's sort of yeah. a really humbling experience definitely and then you know you've got people like uh Camelita you know is also doing housing but you know yeah. she's uh driving many charities and foundations forward with yes. uh, her entrepreneurship Yes, yes, she's so good at it and empowering women in particular. Why do you think you do what you do? What is your driver? I just 
I just I just believe and I just know that the average person could do more than they ever think possible. Yeah. And I think it is because of my own past and my own disbelief in myself in the past. And when I did believe how far and fast things move, for me, it's just I just want people to max out. I just want people to just do all that they can. Like, like if, if you feel you could do something, just do it. Mm-hmm. Because when you do something, the ripple effect doesn't affect you; it affects everybody else. To really um, uh, create income for their own financial in, in, um, independence, but no rather than relying on somebody economically. And uh, yeah, the housing. She's very much focusing on family finding. You know, good good houses for families to live on. That's what she specialized in. Normally, families young families to live in and um yeah she yeah she's yeah, she's full of wisdom about how you can turn your, your situation around from her own background she's using and don't say people have got so much uh, different backgrounds and different whys why they do what they do absolutely i mean you know and then you've got someone like um marin Birsma, who was your last um interview of 2022 yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know she there seems to be quite a common theme though throughout that women are really really um driving forward each other because yeah. they understand you, you know I mean we can't survive without men but yeah, you know they not. certainly understand you know, the, the fact that women have this sort of natural, creative... Mm-hmm. Um, collaboration, yeah. She's really looking mm-hmm. at the collabor- how we can collaborate together as women. So to, to, the, to the listeners that are uh, in the financial sector, and I think also way beyond, I think where to start on this journey, uh, if you want to get serious about um, equality uh, in the work, mm-hmm. the number one is to start counting. It's very simple. So you start counting where are the women in ownership, where the uh, into entrepreneurship, where are the women as leaders, where are the women as employees, and do they have quality jobs, and where are the women as consumers? Are products and services designed for women? And uh, it was very interesting interview that one, and because I, I was saying going forward, do you see still see yourself doing the same thing? And she said, really, Nyesha, by the time I finish my work, my role, my job will not be needed. So that is going to be my her definition of having done your work is actually work herself out of a job. And I said, oh, I've never thought about that because we, we, might, we, we mustn't create in organizations which sort of perpetually are needed. I said, oh, that's, I thought that was just incredible. Yeah. you've done your job so your job is no longer needed <laughs> that, that, that problem is no longer there yeah. so she said she's empowered enough women in the financial sector so she's no longer needed yeah that is a brilliant way of looking at your job and and not perpetuating your, that you're needed mm-hmm. um, in any in any role that, that that's when the, the you know for me, that's the ultimate uh, social impact, that you're no longer needed.